0: Take your Bibles out with me and turn to Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Yeah. If you were here last week as we began this series, what are you waiting for? I think you discovered that there are times that we are waiting on God, but there are other times and more often times that God is waiting on us. I mean, we're waiting on God. We're like, God. When are you going to take this career and move it from good to great? God, when are you going to show me what I need to specifically do in this situation? God, when are you going to help a brother out? I'm single and all I have is time on my hands. God. Hello? All the ladies are like, God, when are you going to heal my husband of crazy? He just crazy. I'm waiting, God. I'm waiting, God. When, when, God, when? And it's like it's it's like we're we're here, We're, we're we're they that wait upon the Lord. He shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. As eagles, oh Lord. Or you could sing the new version. I'm waiting here for you, oh Lord. Pour it out in my life today. I'm waiting here for you. I know that's not the words, but I'm just making them up as I go. I pray. God, I'm waiting on you. I'm, I'm waiting, God, I'm waiting. And sometimes we are waiting on God, but most often, God is waiting on us. And sometimes we use the word waiting as an excuse so that we don't have to deal with the uncomfortable task of doing. Hello? I'm just waiting, God. I'm waiting, God. And we use that word waiting as an excuse not to have to deal with the uncomfortable task of doing what God wants us to do. God, I'm waiting on you. The glorious breakthrough that you have for me, God, I'm waiting. Can I tell you something? God has already given you the glorious breakthrough. It's called His Word. And the Word is full of action. Sometimes I think God is in heaven and, and, and rather than us singing, He's singing. I'm waiting here for you to forgive your brother today. I'm waiting here for you to become a giver before I heal your finances. I pray. I'm waiting here for you to begin to live. My word today. I'm waiting here for you. And we're down here. I'm waiting here for you. (laughs) And we're waiting. But today's moving day. Today's moving day. Touch your neighbor and say, today is moving day. We're going to move from what was to what is and what shall be. Today's moving day. Come on. Somebody help me say, moving day. Look at your neighbor and say, it's moving day. I want to take you to a narrative in Scripture that we briefly mentioned last week. Joshua chapter 3, today I want to explore it in detail, but before we can ever go to Joshua chapter 3, I really have to digress a little and give you some of the context of Joshua chapter 3 by taking you to a couple of other passages so that we'll have direction for our conversation. I actually want to back up into Joshua chapter 1, turn with me, Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, if you're there, say, I am there. Here is Joshua having a conversation with God. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide. You see, what you need to understand is Moses has just died. Joshua is now in charge. The responsibility of leading the people into an inheritance that has been promised and prophesied over them hundreds of years before now falls squarely on the shoulders of Joshua. Moses has been with them. The people were in captivity for 400 years. Moses came along and led them out of captivity. Has been with them for 40 years in the desert, Andy. And for 40 years, he he lived with them. He taught them. He prayed over them. He loved them. He led them. He guided them. And now he's dead. And Joshua is like, what am I going to do? Can you imagine this text conversation between God and Joshua? You know they had God phones back then. There was this conversation, I am Joshua, and I'm gonna communicate with God, and God says something to me. What shall I do? Fat thumbs. (laughs) Don't laugh. I didn't think that far in advance. Moses was great, <laughs> the greatest of all time, like Ali. <laughs> if you're a bo- if you're a boxing fan, you'll get that. I- I- I'm. No, I'm scared. (laughs) Waiting on you. I'm waiting on you, God. I saw your bubble. I see it now. I see your bubble. I'm waiting. Maybe this would get him to move. <laughs> I'm waiting. What do you want me to do? Wants me to pull a James Brown. Woo! I feel good. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Dance? Yeah. What? I see you bubble. Dance? Huh? Dance? No. Move. Move. Hold on a second. Move move. Hold on. Move, 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 move where? Look at verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you shall, or you and all of these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give them, to the Israelites. He says, I will give you I will give you, I will give you, circle that word, give. I will give you. I love the word that God has given for me to preach today. I will give you. Listen, God is a giving God. God loves to give to you. You may find yourself in the dryness of the desert, but he can give to you everything that you need to quench your thirst. He will give to you rest. He will give to you restoration. He will give to you wisdom. He will give to you joy. Come on, somebody. Help me preach. I feel my preach coming on. We serve a God who gives and we cannot outgive him. He gives. He gives. But he says something else in verse 3. You see, with the blessing of giving, there is a responsibility of action. He says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised to Moses. I will give you everywhere you place your foot, he said. That's where I'm going to give it to you. If you step there, it's yours. If you go there, it's yours. If you go there, it's yours. I'm going to give it to you. Now, here's what I love about God. He makes this proclamation while they're in the midst of the desert. What he's saying to Joshua is the desert is not your final destination. It's only preparation. Hello? This is prophetic for someone in here. I'm going to give you everywhere you place your feet. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. You see, you may be in the desert, but I'm about to quench your thirst. You may have the barrenness of burdens, but I'm about to do something great. You may have the dryness of despair, but I'm going to give you something. If you'll place your feet, I'm going to do something for you, Joshua, that you never dreamed possible. I'm about to get up in your marriage and move it from bad to something good, to move it from what was to what what will be. I'm going to get up in your finances and transform them. Joshua, I'm going to do something in your life. You saw all that I did for Moses, but what I'm about to do for you makes that look like child's play because i'm gonna give to you every place that you place your feet joshua i'm gonna bless your lying down and your rising up i'm gonna bless you in the city and in the field i'm gonna bless your coming and your going i'm gonna give to you everywhere you place your feet did you hear what i said the possession of the promise is determined by the placement of your feet good lord have mercy i don't know how much harder i can preach let me show you something else. Look at verse 4 and 5. Your territory will extend from the desert of, to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, to the great sea on the west. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. It does not say no one will not try. People are going to try. But they will not be able to stand up against you because I will never leave you nor forsake you. What I'm trying to say to you is this, there is responsibility that always precedes the possession of destiny. Listen, your possession of destiny has less to do with your condition and more to do with your position. Everywhere you place your feet, Joshua, I'm going to give it to you. Everywhere you place your feet because it is the placement of your feet that proves the obedience of your heart. Are you with me? Can I tell you something? Grace can overcome everything. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 20, it says that where sin abounds, grace abounds more. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9, the Apostle Paul says, In my weakness, his grace is more than enough. Grace can cover everything, but one thing that grace cannot cover is laziness. I will give you everywhere you place your feet. You see, what he's doing for Joshua is he's trying to build up influence for Joshua. But you need to understand for you to have a position of influence, it is predicated on the fact of whether or not you will act. He says, look at verse 5 again, you got to see this. Verse 5, he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. As I was with Moses, you've got to grab this, as I was with Moses. He's reminding Joshua of all that he did for Moses and through Moses. Think about this, he's causing Joshua to reflect upon the goodness of God, the power of God through Moses' willingness to be obedient. God likes for us to reflect upon all that he's done for us. Friday night I hung out with a good friend of mine and he told me, he said, where I am today is in such a better place than I was six or seven years ago. It's because I've yielded and surrendered my life to God. You see, God wants us to reflect upon where he's brought us from. I I think about this. I think about our church and reflecting upon where God has brought us from. Several years ago, God called us to be your pastor. At that time, there were 90 to 100 people who called the church home. 90 to 100 people who said, let's place our feet in a community and let's do something great with God. And as a result, we've had explosive growth over the last few years to where now there's over 1,100 people who call this church home. And the reason why that is, is because we were willing to place our feet in a community that was crying out in need. I think about the number of people who have given their hearts to Christ this year in this church. Did you know that in the first six months of this year, more people gave their hearts to Christ in this church that attended this church just a few years ago? Did you know more people have been baptized this year than ever before in this church? Three years ago, we started an initiative called Ways to Love Fayetteville. That year, we started it in the month of December, and we volunteered in our community in various ways, and we gave 1,000 volunteer hours to our community, and we were high-fiving, and we were celebrating, and we were, woo, this is awesome. Now, here we are three years later, and this year, we will eclipse or get very close to to going above 20,000 hours for just this year. Over 50,000 hours in the last three and a half years. All because we're willing to place our feet in a community that God called us to reach. <laughs> mm, Lord have mercy. I think about Hop in the Park. Three years ago, we went to the city of Fable and we pitched to them the idea to host an event on Good Friday, Easter, for our community. Something free that would show the community that we care. Something that would let them have a good time while at the same time highlighting the beauty of that weekend he said you'll probably get 2,000 people we'll let you use Festival Park well this past Easter our third year doing it we had over 22,000 people show up why because we were willing to place our feet where God told us to place our feet hey here's here's something even more beautiful last month we went to a meeting with the city of Fable. 12 or 13 people in this room, and we were told by this group that Hop in the Park is the largest four-hour event in the city of Fable all year long. Can you believe that? It draws more people to Festival Park than any other event over the course of four hours, even more than the Dogwood Festival four hours. Wow. All because we're willing to place our feet. Listen, I don't know if you know this or not, but last week in just the first service, the cars that that were in the parking lot in just the first service was greater than the number of people we had in church a few years ago. We went to multiple services, we're praying about now a, a third service, we're trying to figure out how to continue to grow because God has called us to reach. Last week there were over 300 cars between two services. We continue to grow because we continue to step. We continue to go where God has told us to go. We continue to do what God has told us to do. And as long as we continue to step and go into places that no one else is willing to go, God will do things that we cannot take credit for. I will give to you is what he says. Can I take you to another passage of Scripture before we get to the narrative? I'm going to show you something. Joshua chapter 21 I don't even know if I told you upstairs about this passage but I'm I'm going there Joshua chapter 21 I don't know if I did if I did great if I didn't just follow along Joshua chapter 21 beginning in verse 43 this is at the end of Joshua's life says so the Lord gave Israel all the land that he sworn to give their forefathers he gave there's that word again he gave circle it he gave All that he had sworn to give, give, give. There it is again, their forefathers. And they took possession of it and settled there. Verse 44, the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their forefathers. Not one of their enemies withstood them. You remember he said that that will never happen. No one will be able to stand against you. The Lord handled all of their enemies, handed all of their enemies over to them. Verse 45, not one of all of the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel fail, failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Everyone was fulfilled. Everyone was fulfilled. Now, whether or not the author is talking about every one of God's promises or every one of the people of Israel really is beside the point. I just want to focus on the word fulfilled for a moment. Everyone was fulfilled. Look at your neighbor and say fulfilled. The significance of the word fulfilled. Thank you, I forgot you were playing. The word fulfilled is different than the word filled. He does not say everyone was filled. He says everyone was fulfilled. So this week I looked up the definition for the word filled, and let me give you that definition. The definition for filled is this. It means to put something into a space or container so that it is completely full. Grab this. It means to put something into a certain space, a confined space, a container, so that it is completely full. That is just the opposite of what God told Joshua. He didn't tell Joshua to be a container, to stay in a certain space. He said, step, and wherever you step, I'm going to give it to you. Then he pronounces over the people of Israel that everyone is fulfilled. So I looked up the definition of fulfilled. Let me give you that. It means this. It means to be fully satisfied because of fully developing one's abilities or character. It means to be fully satisfied because you've developed your abilities or your character. There is a major difference between the definition of filled and fulfilled. Filled is Give me, give me, give me. Filled has the characteristics of being a container and fill me up. Filled has the characteristics of being a consumer whereas fulfilled has the characteristics of being a developer. Taking what has been given to you and develop it so that your characteristics change, so that your abilities grow. There is a difference between being filled and fulfilled. Verse 45, put it up again for me. Chapter 21, verse 45. It says this, it says that every one of God's promises, do you have it? Chapter 21, verse 45, they're telling me no, I thought they had it. Chapter 21, verse 45, let me read it again. You got it, there you go. It says, not one of all of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed, not one, every one was fulfilled. In other words, God did his part, but the people also did their part. Some of you are saying, well, hold on a second, Pastor Mark, aren't you reading into the text because it doesn't say that the people did their part? Yes, it does. In verse 43 back up two verses back up two verses to verse 43 if you says this it says so the Lord gave Israel all the land that he had sworn to give everybody say give their ancestors and then it says and they took there's a give and there's a take it says, and they took, and they took possession of it, and they took possession of it, and they settled there. They had to move their feet, and they took possession of it, and they settled there. God gave, but they took. God gave, but they took. You see, they decided they didn't want to be a container. They decided they didn't want to be a consumer, but rather they wanted to be a developer. They decided they wanted to take the promises of God. What I'm trying to say to you is you can come to church and be filled up, but you will never be fulfilled until you begin to live what you learn and hear out there. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second, I'm, I'm not done. You can, you can have fulfillment or you can be filled. Which one do you want? You can be filled and be a consumer or you can have fulfillment. But fulfillment does not happen by receiving and staying. Fulfillment happens by receiving and going. Do you hear me? Fulfillment happens by receiving and going. You can have your marriage fulfilled, but it will not be fulfilled until you realize that you're not a consumer, but rather you're a giver. You can have your finances fulfilled, but they will not be fulfilled until you realize that you cannot be a consumer. You must be one who gives. You can have your relationships restored, but they will not be restored until you begin to develop love for one another. Are you with me? That's when you'll be fulfilled. We've got to begin to move our feet. Church will not have fulfillment in this church unless we continue to reach those who are lost, unless we continue to see marriages restored, unless we continue to feed the hungry, because Joshua, I'm telling you to move your feet. Mark, I'm telling you to move your feet. Epicenter, I'm telling you to move your feet, because the promise is there for the taking one other place I've got to take you Joshua, I don't even know if I told you this up there but Joshua chapter chapter 2 The last verse of chapter 2, before we get to the narrative, it says this, the spies have come back, verse 24, the spies have come back to Joshua, he sent them into the promised land, they've come back to report to him what they found, and here's what they say, they said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given, there it is again, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. He's speaking to the future in the past tense, he has given into our hands and all of the people are melting in fear because of us he has given he has given what you need to understand about god is that you cannot outgive god he's a giving god everything that you see is a gift from god the ability to breathe is a gift from god the ability to walk through hell and come out on the other side standing tall and whole is a gift from god wherever you place your feet is a gift from god but the question is what are you doing with the gift of giving What I've come to realize in my walk with Christ is that it is my willingness to act and to give that connects me to the giving nature of God. You see, if you're not a tither, if you're not bringing the first 10% back to the storehouse, The Bible says that there is absolutely no way that you can live a life of fulfillment. This is not my words, this is God's words. If you're asking God to bless you in certain areas and you want to possess the promise in your life, if you are not a tither and bringing the first 10% back to God because God gave it to you anyway, you will never have the life of fulfillment. Pastor Mark, I'm... I'm waiting, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on my finances to be better so that I can become a giver, well, you'll be waiting forever because it's more important for you to be filled than it is to be fulfilled. It's more important for you to be a consumer than it is for you to be a developer. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's go to the narrative. (laughs) Everybody say amen. Chapter 3, verse 1 says this, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. What you need to understand about the Jordan during this time is that it's in flood stage. God has now said early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out for Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. It's at flood stage, the water's too deep, it's too swift. It's too wide. There's white water rapids everywhere. We can't cross over this. God, why would you tell me to go to the Jordan? God, why would you tell me to go here? I don't understand this. God, God, you took Moses away. Moses was the greatest of all time. You told me to take his place. You told me to lead the people. You told me that everywhere I place my feet, but yet I cannot place my feet any further than the banks of the Jordan. God, I don't understand why you told me to go and all I could do was go this far and now the water is so deep and so wide and so loud. I don't know what we're going to do. To cross this god i don't understand you see what i've noticed also in my walk with christ is anytime there is a pronouncement of promise it is always followed by a season of opposition and the opposition is not there to keep you out necessarily let me rephrase that the opposition is not there to take something from you but rather the opposition is there to determine what you're willing to give Hello, because that's good. The opposition is not there to take something from you, but rather to determine what you're willing to give. But God, you told me to go, and I went. I've gone as far as I can go. My toes are in the edge of the water. The water's rushing by. God, I don't understand. It's so wide. It's so loud. It's so deep. Listen to the noise. God! God! know how we are we're great about defining our problem we're great about telling everybody else about all of the characteristics of the difficulty that's in our lives god this river that is raging by it has so many problems in it god i don't understand why you would tell me to go god God, you, call, you called me to go, and I've gone as far as I can go, but I don't understand why you called us this way if you were going to cause this water to be so, so bad that we couldn't pass over it this time. Joshua, I said, everywhere you place your feet. Joshua, I said, everywhere you place your feet. But, but I did place my feet. Joshua, you may have to get some mud in between your toes. Joshua, you may have to get your feet wet. God, Joshua, everywhere I, 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 you place your feet, I'm going to give it to you. Listen it's a test. Joshua, it's a test. You see, sometimes we think a test is there to teach us something. I hear people all the time saying, well, what can you learn from this test, brother? A test is not there to teach you something. A test is there to determine what you already know. And what you should know, Joshua, is just two chapters ago, I said, everywhere you place your feet. So are you going to believe me, Joshua? Are you going to trust in me, Joshua? Are you going to surrender to me, Joshua? You see, in order for you to possess the promise, the prerequisite is you must surrender. Let me show you something. Look at verses 2 and 3, 2 and 3. Is this okay? says after three days the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people when you see the ark of the covenant of the lord of your god and the priests who are levites carrying it you are to move out From your positions and follow it. You are to move and follow. You are to move and follow. You are to move. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, when you see it pass by you, when it begins to head to the water of the Jordans, you are to move out from your position and follow. You are to move and follow. Move and follow. Move and follow. Move and follow. I want you to grab this. Move and follow. Move and you're to move and follow. In other words, you've got to leave the position of being on the defensive and take up an offensive position you got to get up off your butt and begin to do what God called you to do. you got to move and follow, move and follow, move and follow, move and follow. you got to grab this. He's saying follow the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented the, the goodness of God. It represented the presence of God. You've got to follow the Ark of the Covenant. Stay back a thousand yards. That way that all million plus people can see the presence of God as they traverse through the ugliness of the river. Mm. Can I tell you something? Sometimes what I think we believe is a physical problem is really a spiritual problem. Because we're asking for God to give us something but yet we're not willing to follow him on the journey to get there. Mm. Move and follow, move and follow, move and follow, move and follow. Listen, I I want you to grab this. Move and follow, move and, and follow. You see, sometimes we're waiting when God said to move, and that's bad. But something that really scares me is sometimes we're moving, but we're not moving in the direction that God called us to move in. But yet we're still asking for God to give us his promise. God cannot give to you his promise if you're not in the place that he wanted you to be in the first place. Hello? Just because God said it doesn't mean you'll possess it. Just because, I want you to hear this, just because God promised it, it does not mean you will possess it. Joshua, you've got to move. You got to move your feet. You got to follow. You got to follow the ark of the covenant. You, you've got to be willing to get your feet wet. You've got to wherever you place your feet. You've got to follow the, the the presence of God. Listen, are you following the Holy Spirit when it comes to your marriage? Are you following the Holy Spirit when it comes to raising your kids? Are you following the Holy Spirit when it comes to your career? Are you following the Holy Spirit when it comes to your finances? Are you following? Listen, because it is your willingness to follow that proves the faith that's in your heart are you willing? Listen, you can't just take possession of it just because God said it. You take possession of it because you're willing to take it. Do you understand? Because you're willing to take it. So you can come against me, but today I'm crossing the Jordan. I'm crossing the problems. I'm crossing the difficulty. I'm crossing my dysfunction. I'm crossing my past. I'm crossing my problems. I'm crossing so that tomorrow I'll receive everything that God told me. Devil, you may come against me. You may try to worry me, but I'm going to place my feet where God told me to place my feet. And what you need to know is when the river comes by and it's over my head, that God is my flotation device. Come on somebody and give him praise. Let me, let, me, let me keep reading. Let me keep reading. We're not going to get done, and i got to get done. He says this, once you get up and you follow, once you get up and you follow, you can sit down if you want. It don't matter. You can stand back up anyway, so it don't matter. He says, then you will know which way to go. Ha, <laughs> ha, Once you keep your eyes on his presence, you'll know which way to go. I started to name this sermon, then you will know which way to go. It was too long. But keep a distance, about a thousand yards. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Listen, you need to understand something. If you don't have the word of God in you, you'll not be able to do the work of God. The preparation that you need to take before you move for God is just to get in his word. Verse 6 says, Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in, in the eyes of Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. hold on a second don't you remember in Joshua chapter 1 he said I'm gonna give you everywhere you place your feet this is the first opportunity Go and stand in the river. Verse 9, Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you all of your enemies. Verse 11, see the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. As soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord carry the Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan. Its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand in a heap. Now watch this, verse 14. So when the people broke camp, (laughs) you gotta get up and do something. You got to take possession of it. You can't just expect him to drop it in your lap. You got to take it. He's going to give it, but you got to take it. If you want to be fulfilled, you got to get up and develop the characteristics that he's placed within you. Don't just sit back and be filled because if you come to church just to be filled by Monday, you're going to be empty. But if you came ready to act upon what you learned by Tuesday, you're going to be telling others about the goodness of God in your life. Do you hear me? There's a difference between being filled and fulfilled. So when they broke camp across the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead, ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Go on down, and let's continue to read verse 17. It says, the priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood, they said, they stood firm on the dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all of Israel passed until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Somebody ought to give him praise for that. But here's something, but here's something, here's something. God put in my spirit 40 years before they're leaving Egypt Moses is leading them out to take them to the promised land they get backed up to the Red Sea. The Egyptians are bearing down on them and God parts the Red Sea for the for the people of Israel to cross over on dry ground. God did it. God did it. God did it. Moses lifted his staff, the seas parted. They ran across on dry ground and then all of a sudden the seas collapsed and killed all of the Egyptians. God did it. Now here 40 years later the people stepped into the water. The first miracle, God did everything. The second miracle, God is requiring some things. The first miracle was a miracle of freedom. The second miracle is a miracle of fulfillment. The first miracle was a miracle of freedom. The second miracle is a miracle of possession. Are you with me? You've got to put your feet wherever God told you to put your feet before you can possess it. You see, today is moving day. You gotta step in the direction of God in your marriage. You've got to step in the direction of God in your finances. you got to step in the direction of God when it comes to raising your kids it's moving day it's moving day it's moving day in my relationships it's moving day in my finances it's moving day in our church it's moving day come on somebody stand up and give the lord praise in this place